Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. One of those Saturdays where we're working on the third floor assembling IKEA furniture, uh, I went with assembling chairs. Like that was that was my zone because I said I'm not handy, right? So these chairs, just like this, this is one of them. It's the first chair, IKEA chair I assembled, and this was in my zone. Like I felt like okay, I can make this happen. So first one came out great, uh, which I was happy about. Um, looks good. I did a decent job. So I was like, okay, second one's gonna be just as easy. I felt proud of myself. I was like, come on. People say I'm not handy. (laughs) But I created the second chair. And I don't know why, but when I was assembling the second chair, it didn't look like the first chair. Like, Sally can tell you, like, I don't know why, but the legs of the chair were pointing inward. And I already have trust issues with chairs. Obviously, I'm not the smallest person in the world. So seeing a chair like this going inward, I was like, oh, no. Like, what did I do? I assembled this wrong. Like, something is missing with this chair. What did I do? And have you ever felt that way? Like, have you ever felt like something was missing? And maybe it was this morning. Maybe you got your coffee this morning. And on your way to get your coffee, you were trying. And you're like, man, something is a little off with this coffee. Not the coffee at Journey, by the way. Journey's coffee is always consistent. But maybe this morning you went to Dunkin' Donuts. I love Dunkin'. My first job was at Dunkin'. But I could be the first one to tell you, it's not consistent all the time. Sometimes they're missing the sugar. Sometimes they put too much sugar. And something's just off and it's missing, right? Or maybe your wife surprised you with lunch and you were so excited to have lunch and your wife surprises you and you take a sip of your Chick-fil-A lemonade and you knew something was off and she tried to trick you and put diet lemonade in there. But I know my lemonade. Or maybe an email, right? How many of y'all write emails for your workplace? Come on, where are my email people at? Come on, my people. Maybe you're assembling your email. Have you ever felt this? Where you're assembling an email, you're like, man, something is missing in this email. I, it just feels off. I don't know if I need to add just one more exclamation point or one period, but it just feels like something is missing. Is it the way I said it? Like, I just feel like something's missing, right? Or maybe in your life right now, if you're being honest, you feel like something's missing. Like maybe you have the perfect career. Maybe you have the perfect marriage. Maybe you have the perfect finances right now. Maybe everything is going good and you still feel like something is missing. Or maybe things aren't going good. Financially, things have been tough. Maybe you just got out of a relationship Maybe you just feel like you've turned away from a lot of different things or just maybe you just know a lot of things in your life aren't going the way it's planned and you feel that void and you feel like something is missing. See, today, good news is I'm going to go over the solution. Semi-bad news is the solution is also the problem. The title of my message today is the problem is purpose. Tell your neighbor, the problem is purpose. In the comment section, journey online, type it up. The problem is purpose. 
I'm gonna have a lot of questions for you this morning. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. And my question for you, another question for you today is, where do you find your purpose? It's not a bad question. And you don't have to say it out loud, by the way, don't worry. Um, but where do you find your purpose? See, I think we find, our, we find our purpose in certain things that aren't bad. But my question for you is when that thing is gone, do you feel like your purpose has maybe been taken with it? And if so, then maybe the problem is purpose and maybe your purpose has been misplaced. So today, we are going to talk about purpose. See, I don't know what's preventing you from living out your purpose, but what is preventing you from living out the purpose that God has for you? Is it some type of pain that you're going through? Is it some type of doubt that you have? Some type of comparison where you see what others are doing and it just makes you feel like your purpose is insignificant? Is it some type of guilt? Is this some type of shame, some type of fear or worry or some type of insecurity? Is it your past? Is it your possessions or lack thereof? What is causing you to not live the purpose that God has for you? See, at a young age, I, I grew up in church, but what I've realized as I've grown up is that there's something worse than dying. Back in the day, I used to, when I was a youth, I would be scared of dying. I would always go to the altar call just in case. Like, that was my fear. Like, I was scared, y'all. But as I've gotten older, I've realized there's something worse than dying, and that's living a wasted life. And this morning today, I want us to be able to understand that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Yep. Raise your hand. If you've heard of the verse, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, raise your hand. Come on. And if you're not raising it, that's okay, because I got it on the screen. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That verse, that's someone who grew up in the church, that was a verse that I was able to cling on. But then there were seasons in my life where I felt like, man, like, I don't know if I can fully trust this verse. And I think the problem as Christ followers that we face sometimes is we look at verses like this and what we do is we cherry pick certain verses. And if we cherry pick certain verses, sometimes our purpose can feel cherry picked. See, Jeremiah chapter 29 is encouraging, but sometimes we can't relate because we skip to that part. But there was 28 other chapters before that that Jeremiah had to go through to get to that understanding of purpose. See, today we're going to talk about purpose, and maybe right now you feel like you're not in purpose. And even if you do feel like you're in purpose, this message is for you as well. Because I, and I know God, does not want you to live just a season of purpose, but he wants you to live a life of purpose. So even if you're in that season today, this message is for you. So my next question for you is, how do we live a life with purpose? How do we live a life with purpose? Today we're going to talk about that God-given purpose 
that each and every one of us in this room have, whether we realize it or not, God has created us all for a specific reason. So today I have three points. My first point is pursuit promotes purpose. Pursuit promotes purpose. Tell your neighbor, pursuit promotes purpose. Journey online, type it up. Pursuit promotes purpose. Are we connected to God? Are we pursuing God? See, I think sometimes we can feel like we're connected, but sometimes if we're not careful, we can be complacent in our relationship with God. We need to continue daily pursuing God. And daily as we pursue God, daily we will, we will be pursuing purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. See, me and um, Lise, my beautiful wife, got married in 2016. Um, and it was the best day of my life. Just marrying my beautiful bride, um, it was amazing. And in this season, come on, in this season, <laughs> um, in this season, we've been going to a lot of weddings and it's been awesome because every wedding that I go to reminds me of our wedding and our friends actually got married two nights ago, which is crazy. I love them so much. And every wedding that I go to, it's almost like I'm renewing my vows. Like I'm repeating after that person, <laughs> like, come on. Um, so I've been thinking about us you know, getting married um, in 2016. I remember our first year of marriage. Um, and I remember we had first gotten our house and my wife was ready for commitment, more commitment, I should say. And I was like, uh-oh. Well, two things here. It's either going to be a dog or a baby. You know, one of them will have a lot of fur everywhere. The other one will have poop on your hands. I guess technically both will have poop on your head. Uh, but, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready just yet. And then she was like, yeah, but uh, I'm ready to take it to the next level. It's like, I want us to buy a plant. It's like, let's go. <laughs> of course, absolutely, absolutely. But then also, I'm gonna be honest, I had a little bit of hesitation because I, I was more of an Ikea plant person. <laughs> like, Right here, this was my zone right here. Come on, any Ikea plant people? Come on, be honest, it's okay. Less maintenance, come on, looks pretty. Y'all thought this was real, look, come on. But this was my zone. It's easy to take care of, looks good, gets the job done. So I was a little nervous. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready, but definitely a lot easier than a baby or a dog. So we got, we got a plant, sorry. <laughs> we got a plant. Um, and of course, it had to be a plant from Winter Park. I don't know if it's something different about the soil, but we had to get it from Winter Park. We could have got it for a tenth of the cost at Walmart, but that's okay. Um, but we got a plant, and then my wife, she was like, hey, there's a lot of incentives to this plant. This plant provides oxygen. It will improve your mood. It will lower your stress and anxiety. Even helps with dry skin. So okay, you know what? I think we could do this plant thing. And the first couple months, you know, we were taking care of it. First couple months, we were doing a good job at maintaining this plant. But then life began to just progress, right? And little by little, 
not intentionally, but we would be busy doing different things. We had our job, we had church, we had all these different priorities, and we began to stop taking care of this plant. And before we knew it, after a couple of months, the plant looked lifeless, did not look good. And I think if we're not careful, if we're not continuing to pursue God, we are going to end up like a plant that's not being taken care of. We need to ensure that we are connected to our God, that we are connected to the Son, that we are continuing to pursue our God. Because just like that, if we don't realize it, if we're not pursuing God, we can find ourselves in a place where we feel like there's no purpose where we feel like we're not providing the things that we were supposed to have, the purpose of planting oxygen, um, improving our mood, lowering stress and anxiety, those things, that plant did not serve its purpose anymore. Yeah. Imagine if everyone in this room pursued God in a way that was just contagious. See, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 38, another famous verse says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Are you loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind? I know maybe you've grown up in church like me, but because of that, maybe you've had moments where you feel a little bit farther from God than others, and maybe you're even in ministry right now. You're in the dream team. You're serving, but you still feel like you're not as connected. Just because you're in ministry doesn't mean necessarily you're connected. We need to continue to pursue God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. It's about that consistency of pursuing God daily. Pastor JJ recently the other day told me, hey, James, consistency beats intensity any day of the week. See, when I was younger, Youth group days, my journey youth, come on. I would pray and be like, Lord, I want revival. I want revival. I want revival. Lord, come on. You go to youth camps. I want revival. I want revival. And the older I've gotten to realize I don't want to pray for revival. As a history teacher of seven years, I can tell you, I look at the most significant revivals, the Protestant Reformation, the first great awakening, the second great awakening. They have a start, yes, but they also have an end. I am no longer praying for revival. I'm praying for transformation, and I'm praying for consistency. What if we were a church that would say, hey, I don't want to just have an end to my purpose, but I want to live a purposeful life that is not just a season. Imagine what we would do for our community. Imagine what would happen in Fern Park, what would happen in Central Florida. But we need to be connected. We need to be connected to the source and pursuing God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all of our mind. My next point today is provision promotes purpose. Tell the person next to you, provision promotes purpose. Come on, in the chat. You already know Journey Online. See, God like I just said, wants to be connected with you. He wants a relationship with you. Then God wants you to begin doing his will by helping others. So my question to you, 
is what are you contributing to life? Or in other words, what are you doing with your God-given talents? In Matthew chapter 22, which we just read, it continues in 39, and it continues saying, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, like it, is love your neighbor as yourself. Even our core values at Journey Church is love God, love people. Yes. If we want to live a life of purpose, we have to understand that God also wants us to serve others because he wants others to serve him as well. Going back to the third floor, it's been a blessing. It's been awesome. Like I said, I key it out. Y'all go up after service. Actually, don't go up after service. No one's up there. Uh, but you create a meeting with me, and I got you. Um, but there's some chairs that are not from Ikea. So if you go and you see these chairs, no, you cannot purchase them from Ikea. Um, and those chairs look a little bit different. Come on. Um, when we first got to the third floor, we saw these chairs, which I didn't know if I wanted to use them. I'm going to be honest. Like, I saw them, and they had leather, and it was cool, but I was like, you know what? Like, I just want to find different chairs. Um, and even the, the chair that I showed you earlier, we bought 16 of them because they were within budget. But if we would have bought in 90, it would have been a little over $2,000. And I quickly had to remind myself I am a part of a church. We have a budget, and that was not in the budget. So I looked at these chairs. I was like, you know what? They're not bad. You know, they got a little bit of marks, but you know what? I'll take them, right? They don't look bad, right? Yeah, yeah not bad, not bad. Um, and then I saw the back of the chair, and I was like, oh, no. I, our youth are like, wait, what? This is burgundy? I never knew. But I saw the back, and I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Burgundy? Like, it couldn't be blue or our journey youth yellow. I would have even taken booger green. But burgundy? Like, I can't do much with burgundy. So I'm going to tell you all a little secret. Our youth don't even know this, and they probably saw this and like, man, Pastor James, I didn't even know it was burgundy. It's not that big of a deal. And the reason why they didn't know that it was burgundy is because, come on, somebody. Yes, we painted them black. Uh, I painted them, and when I'm talking about painting them, like, I'm, one, I'm no painter. Two, by being no painter, I don't know the paint that you need, but I'm sure there's some type of spray paint. I'm sure that there's even a fabric paint. But I just went to Lowe's, got a one-gallon jug of black paint. Um, I couldn't even tell you if it was matte. I couldn't even tell you if it was shiny. I couldn't even tell you if it was indoor or outdoor. I have no idea. But what I can tell you is it worked. <laughs> and they are black, and they honestly look great. But you know what's crazy is, just stay with me. But imagine this chair could speak. Like imagine if this chair could speak, I'm sure 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, this chair would have been like, hey, my purpose is done. Hey, nobody's gonna use me anymore. I'm outdated, I'm too old, I'm too damaged. 
But can I tell you, the same chair that was once used 20 years ago to promote gambling is the same chair on the third floor where there is transformation, where youth are accepting Christ, where people are being restored. If God can use a chair, imagine how he can use you that he divinely created. You were created uniquely. And I believe God is saying, hey, you need to wake up. You threw in the towel too early. I know you went through this, but I am not done with you. I know you are this age, but guess what? We don't retire from our calling. We don't retire from our purpose. God has a purpose for you and I. He wants to be able to see us walk in that purpose. And I know in life, it can be tough. I know in life, there can be seasons, but God wants to use you way more than he's using this chair. See, when looking at Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29, encouraging, right? Encouraging. Like I talked to you though, he went through some stuff. He was made fun of. He was honestly ridiculed. He was beaten. And he went through a lot, even though he was obedient to God. That's how he walked in his purpose at the age of 17, which quick side note, my young people, I know you're like, hey, I'm young. I'll wait until I'll be used by God. I'll wait till I'm older. God wants to use you right now. Because the moment you say, I'm too young, one day you're going to look back and say, I feel too old. God wants to use you right now. So Jeremiah walked in the purpose at the age of 17, but he went through a lot. In Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7 through 9, it says, Oh Lord, you misled me, and I allowed myself to be misled. You are stronger than I am. You are you overpowered me. Now I am mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me when I speak. The words burst out. Violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. Jeremiah was going through it. Jeremiah said, what is the point? I've been serving you. I've been walking in the purpose, but look what's happening. And I think some of us have felt the same way. Some of us are going through it. Some of us have lost our job. Some of us try to go into a career path where we thought that was our purpose, and now we're here 10 years later and say, what happened? Some of us have maybe gone through a divorce. Maybe some of us have gone through hardship. Maybe some of us have gone through a child, lost a family member, and are asking ourselves why, like Jeremiah was. But can I remind you that there is purpose even in the things that are considered trials? that God is using those things to propel your purpose. Because I believe if Jeremiah didn't go through all of those things, he wouldn't have been able to write Jeremiah chapter 29, which is crazy because even though he went through harm, he realized that God's plan wasn't to harm him, but instead to propel him. Yeah, that's 
God had purpose for Jeremiah. So even in that same scripture, Jeremiah continues and says, hey, but if I say I'll mention the Lord or speak at his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire, like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Meaning he realized that he was going through it, but he also realized that our God is a good God. And what if as a church, even though we're going through it, we could say, my God is still a good God and I'm still walking in purpose, even if it doesn't look like the way I thought it would look like. God wants to use each and every one of us. Don't disqualify yourself if God hasn't disqualified you. God's got you. My last point is this. Pattern promotes purpose. Tell your neighbor. Pattern promotes purpose. Journey Online, love y'all. Pattern promotes purpose. Like I said earlier, I want to live a life of purpose. And I understand walking in purpose is not easy, but it is worth it. How's your world? If you want to change the world, it honestly starts with your loved ones. Your first ministry is your loved ones. Be involved in your family's life. Be involved in the community. Be involved in the church. But it's about having a pattern and a consistent pattern. There is purpose in even the things that we sometimes feel are little. There is purpose in those conversations at work. There is purpose in those interactions with your brother, with your parent, with your children. There is purpose in all of the things that we're doing. I think the problem is we need to change our perspective. There is purpose in what you are doing in this season right now. Where's my dream teamers at? Give me a shout if you're a dream teamer. Come on. Can we clap it up real quick for our dream teamers? Come on. I love our dream team. They are amazing. Week after week, Sunday after Sunday, they sacrifice. Some, maybe a little bit more that you can visually see, but all of them are living in purpose. Whether it's parking a car, whether it's holding a door, whether it's grabbing a microphone, whether it's seating someone, all of that has purpose. See, as soon as somebody comes into those doors, that smile goes so much more than you know. That smile is the way to break somebody's wall down so they can be receptive in worship and hearing the word and accepting Christ into their life. I think some of us right now who are on the dream team may feel like we're not being seen, may feel ready to throw in the towel, but God sees you. And even if your reward isn't here on earth, in heaven it will be, and it'll be so much greater. I remember going into Journey, first time I went to Journey, um, Pastor JJ still tells me to this day, he didn't think I wanted to go, because we've got ice cream, it was me, Evie, Pastor Liz, and Pastor JJ. And he was like, I could tell you didn't want to go, but you loved your wife so much. Um, And it's not that I didn't want to go. I was just committed to my church at the time. 
Um, and honestly, a little bit scared. If I'm being transparent, the human flesh in me was, I don't want to leave the position or leadership position I have in my old church and then go into this church where I feel like a nobody, where I feel like I'm going into this church and nobody's going to know me. And I went in and I was a little nervous. And the first thing I decided to do was serve coffee. Um, there wasn't many options back when we were first launching the church. Um, I knew I couldn't sing. Um, I love the next generation, but I don't think I was ready for kids, at the, you know, working with the kids at the moment. Um, so I was like, guest services it is. And they were like, all right, so you can help park cars, you can be outside greeting, or you can be in the AC serving coffee. <laughs> so your boy chose AC. And I served coffee. And in those seasons of me serving coffee, the conversations I would have, the purpose that was fulfilled in me feeling like maybe that wasn't as significant as it should have been, there was so much significant significance in that season of me serving. Yeah. And then one day, Pastor JJ knew I was a teacher. I was like, hey, I know you're helping with the youth ministry. Um, right now, would you be over the youth ministry? And I remember being so excited so honored and I wasn't getting paid for it but I was honored that he thought of me so I remember walking into this purpose so excited I didn't care that I didn't get paid I didn't care that I had a full-time job so now I'm trying to juggle both I was so excited to the point where I was like hey I'm gonna spend all my money and put money into the youth ministry we're meeting monthly at a facility in Winter Park which I just talked about where I was paying for my paycheck and that's okay because I knew that there was so much purpose in it and I was so excited but I stopped a little bit with that connection and little by little, can I be honest, I began to be a little bit bitter. I began to say, man, I feel like I should get paid for this. And I remember people would tell me, hey, you're not paid yet? Because one year went by, two years went by, three years went by, four years went by, four and a half years went by, and I wasn't getting paid. And I remember starting to feel a little bit bitter but I understood and God had to convict me in understanding that those four years were not a wasted season. I saw so many youth encounter God like never before and God had to build me in that season because had I gone into full-time ministry before those four and a half years, I don't know if I would still be here today. So whatever season you're in right now, know that there is significance and God wants to use this season right now. This season is not a wasted season. God has got you and I'm here today in purpose because I had to understand that for myself so, good. So, good. Come on. so how are you influencing your world I know I talked about the church but even with your loved ones you know my heart is that I would be able to influence the next generation that I would be able to influence youth after youth soul after soul but if I'm being honest, my first ministry is my family. My first ministry is my wife, is my little son who is 17 months year old running around somewhere. If he gives you a fist pump, don't deny him. He's not trying to punch you. He's just trying to give you a fist pump. <laughs> but they are my first priority. From there, then it's my parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, all my in-laws, all my nieces, all my nephews. 
And if I had to understand that if those, if that circle ends up not going to heaven, then I would be crushed. See, your ministry right now, if you're not speaking to the multitude, understand that who you are speaking to, whoever is in your circle, there is so much purpose in that. There is so much purpose in your family. There is so much purpose in what God wants to do in your family. So today, let's create that pattern. Today, let's create that pattern of purpose and continue to be consistent. See, my first point was, sorry, pursuit promotes purpose. And I believe I want to just park here for a second because I think some of us right now feel a little disconnected. I think some of us right now, we've been trying to walk in purpose and maybe we have had genuine seasons of purpose, but right now does not feel that way. If that's you today. Today, I, I want to do two prayers actually. Today, I want to pray over you and I know that God is going to remind you that there is purpose. So across this room, can we stand? So like I said today, I'm gonna to be doing two prayers. The first prayer is for that person who wants to begin to live that life of purpose. Maybe you're not as connected to God as you once were, or maybe you just want to continue to pursue God passionately and love him with all your heart, mind, and soul and want to continue to just walk in that purpose. So if that's you today, if everybody would bow their heads, close their eyes. If you want to walk in that purpose this morning, all I want you to simply do is raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. I see your hand. Amen. I see your hand. Just gonna pray over you. Lord, we give you the praise, we give you the honor, we give you the glory. Lord, right now I pray over this congregation. Lord, I pray over this congregation that they would be reminded that they are purposeful, that you have created them with a reason and you have des divinely designed them. Lord, I pray that today would be a day where they take one step forward into purpose that today they would be reminded that you have created them for a reason, that they would be reminded that it doesn't matter their past, it doesn't matter their age, it doesn't matter what they're currently going through or what they've gone through, that you want to still use them, Father God. So right now we pray that this morning that there would be that transformation and that connection that only you can provide and that they would be able to walk in purpose. Amen. Now my second prayer is for those who maybe don't have a relationship with God. Maybe at one point you did, but right now if you're being honest and transparent, maybe you feel like that Ikea plant and it just feels fake. And you just want a real, tangible relationship with the Creator. That's you today with everybody's, again, head bowed, eyes closed. If today is the day that you want to accept Christ, 
On the count of three, all you're gonna do is raise your hand. So three, don't worry about the person next to you. Two, this is your moment. One, right now, raise your hand right now if you wanna accept Christ into your heart. Amen, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Amen, I see all the hands across the room. Amen. Journey Church, if you would just repeat after me, even if you didn't raise your hand, so that way they're not alone in this prayer. Let's pray. Father God, today is the day. Today is the day I recommit my life. Or today is the day I start a real relationship with you. Today is the day I turn away from sin and I turn towards you. Today is the day I walk into purpose. Amen, amen, amen. Can we clap it up for all those hands who accepted Christ? Amen, amen, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.